Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back, everyone, to the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I'm your host, Molly Trotter Gomez, and I am really excited for our guest, Gina DV, here today. Gina, you are an absolute joy. I um, have interviewed her on my Instagram. I have a live show on Instagram, and I said, hey, you have to come on our Girl Power Alliance podcast and share just your journey, being a woman of faith in the marketplace. And I'm sure you've had, you know, quite a few memorable moments throughout your career. And a lot of women listen in on, okay, whether I'm just getting started as an entrepreneur, maybe I'm already, you know, kind of in the middle of the road. I know you're definitely going to be able to support them in that. So Gina, I am so excited that you're here with us today. Oh, Molly, thank you so much. It's always such a joy to be in your sparkly presence. I mean, who's not uplifted just watching Molly's stories, let alone being on like a full-fledged podcast. So thanks for having me. Oh, you're so sweet. You know, we we always have we have that gift inside of us, right? Like when we have, we know our identity, we know that Christ is inside of us. We just gotta let that light shine. And people are really looking for that right now. So right back to you. If you guys are not following Gina on Instagram, I love watching just how she's living life just abundantly out loud. And who doesn't want to follow somebody like that? So Gina, I would love to kind of bring it back to square one and talk about, you know, tell us a little bit about your story and your mm-hmm. start inside entrepreneurship. Sure. Well, my story is I, my parents were school teachers. I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit and I was really taught you go to college and you get a job and you are like, be a good person and and do good things in the world. And so I wanted to help people. So I got a master's degree in clinical psychologist and I became a, a therapist. I just, or I got a master's degree in clinical psychology and became a therapist. I didn't realize that when I became a therapist, I became an entrepreneur because I, my family wasn't from any form of business. I like, they got paychecks and I, and I thought, well, if you're just good at what you do, then you get paid for it. And so that was like a whole eye-opening learning curve. Um, I worked at a Christian counseling clinic. And so I think also I was just, I just thought, well, like if I was good at what I did and was supposed to do this, that God would just send the clients. And so there's, um, there's faith and then there's education. You know, and so I think that um, a lot of Christian entrepreneurs out there can kind of do, I don't want to say an over-reliance on God, because I don't think we can over-rely, but I think we can misinterpret scripture sometimes that, you know, we're just supposed to go to God for all of our needs. And sometimes our needs include other humans who can teach us and mentor us about, um, you know, kind of the ways of business, because I know that when I was in that mindset of like, well, just go, go to God for it. And I didn't have the money. I was like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Um, it, I really let it knock my self-esteem when the clients weren't sort of magically showing up. So that's the first thing I would say is make sure on the entrepreneurial path, um, particularly as a woman of faith, find somebody who shares your faith and passion for business, who's a little further ahead down the path than you are. So, um, you know, fortunately a God job did show up because I just didn't have the, the wealth consciousness or that understanding at the time. And I, 
um, was doing my therapy work and getting clients as I was getting them. And then there was one time I was on a plane to uh, a treatment center where they were bringing some therapists and I was reading my Bible on the plane. And I'd read the story of Esther countless times. And all of a sudden, it was just like a Holy Spirit moment where the the story leapt off the page to me in a different way and it really stirred my soul. And I started reading the book of Esther, not like it was just about her, but like it was about me. And then like it was about all of us women. And I think that at that time, I had really read Bible stories like it, they these were these people, these true stories about them and like glean whatever I can about myself. But I had never quite taken it quite so literally. And I started to look at like, oh, my goodness, like from Queen Vashti, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then Esther was orphaned and exiled. And though I wasn't literally orphaned or exiled, I think symbolically we can all know what it means to be like emotionally orphaned or exiled, kicked out of the whatever club. And as I started to go through all of the different, you know, taken out of your comfort zone. And then when she was in the harem, the power of preparation and you're for such a time as this moment and communicating like a queen, like it just all became this thing. So I started doing retreats called the Esther experience and taking women through um, this process really of us all owning the queen within ourselves and that we all have this for such a time as this moment, but are we claiming it? And so that was that. And I was a therapist and, and, and did that work for a couple of years. And then I moved from Detroit to LA to become a life coach. And I, so I was prophesied over from a young age that you will proclaim my name through industry. And I also knew from a young age unlike Joyce Meyer, who I like grow up watching all the time, like she was called to preach to the church. She was, a, and it was very clear to me, I was called to preach to the unchurched. Mm. And so I never, so when I became a life coach, I never created my programs to be like overtly for Christians only, because I was following my own personal leading. So, but my first programs were the Esther experience. So it's like, like everyone's welcome, but like, that's what I got people. Right. Um, I got the Esther experience for you. And so then um, what I realized in my own journey was that if I'm teaching the story of queenhood, queens aren't broke, but I was. And so I was like, like God was really wanting me to embody the totality of this story from wealth to purpose, to contribution, to faith, to taking risks and all of it. And so to transform my own money story, I started teaching a program called Queen Esther's Royal Strategies for Success. And it was basically like how to create your online empire. And it never dawned on, so like people were signing up for my programs and I wasn't exclusively in a Christian environment at this time. It was whoever, whatever. And so it would come time to start the business coaching programs. And they're like, all right, um, so we're ready to begin. Okay, everyone, let's pray. And I'd be like, dear God, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, not even thinking about it. And I've got Jews, Muslims, Hindus, atheists, do it. Like I got everyone in my, and it never, and then people started writing in, like, I can't believe you prayed at the beginning of a traffic and conversion class like what are you doing praying like I mean, I'm not mad but like just like you're praying at the beginning of these business classes and I was like how else would you do business like <laughs> so it was just this um 
from the beginning, I just let myself be true to me. And for me personally, like I prayed and whoever felt comfortable with it, I, I play everything from JLo to gospel music on stage at my events. Like I just, I, I let it be all. And so that's what divine living has really uh, become. And um, from that, you know, has like the audacity to be queen is based on the story of Queen Esther. It's on a lot of entrepreneurial stories as well. But the whole foundation of my work is let my faith lead the way. I love it. I'm writing down. I have so many different pieces of what you just broke down. And I'm like, this is so good. I'm like, I always have to have a notepad and pen because I'm like, oh, so many nuggets as I'm just so engrossed in your story. This is so good. So I want to back up to God speaks through others to help propel you. You mentioned that so many people are like, all right, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Like, I want to hear the thing. But if you really think about it, and I love to hear your take on this, like, we are the we are the highest form of God's creation. He created us in his image, right? God can use absolutely anything to speak to you to get whatever revelation that you need, obviously, including humans. I know people that get it through nature. They get it through being at the beach. They get it being in the mountains, whatever it is, but also using, you know, coaches and people's expertise, their gifting in order to serve you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Cause a lot of people get hung up and think, okay, I'm just going to get all these like divine revelations and whoop, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, open up the Bible, people. God always chose the most unlikely candidates. Those 12 disciples, come on, like God bless. And, you know, I mean, Esther was a Jewish orphan girl. Like, you know, Moses, same thing. Like none of them were by society's standards, you know, the, you know, anything special, but everyone is special to God. And so we need, especially as women, we need to stop being the ones to take ourselves out of the game. And the reason why, one of the reasons why I love the story of Esther so much is I just feel like at every angle of the entrepreneurial journey, like she's got a message for you. She's got a message for you. If you haven't read it in a while, you know, go open up your Bible and reread it. It's a quick 10 chapter read. Um, I summarize it in my book as well. But there was, so Esther was a Jewish orphan girl who was taken out of her only home with her cousin Mordecai into the palace harem where there were, the historians say there were 2,500 other women that were like vying then to be the next queen of Persia. The scriptures are very specific in saying she was pleasing in form, feature, and disposition. And so I think that for most of us in modern day, like if we were thrown into a palace harem, we'd be like, well, there's no way I'm going to win and become the queen of Persia because I'm just a Jewish orphan girl. There's no way the king's going to pick me because of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I see so many women taking themselves out of the game. This is probably a stupid question. This will probably never happen. Um, You know, I, I probably can't, but, you know, it's like we're the ones taking ourselves out of the game when why don't you let God do what God wants to do with your life? And when you follow that story, you get only from the position of queen, can you fulfill your calling? Mm. Well, Esther could not fulfill her position as Jewish orphan girl, as, as not being queen. And so God has the position of queen for each and every one of us. So let yourself be led to your throne 
and know that you're for such a time as this moment is right now and your people are waiting. Mm, That's so good. And it's so perfect. I was like, Lord, I know you're about to lead right into the next bullet point that I had, which is that phrase right there for such a time as this. I know that has been on my heart. That's been on a lot of women in the community that we serve. They're feeling that, okay, for such a time, getting chills as we're already talking about it because I know it's heavy. For such a time as this is such a, it can be such a deep phrase and mean something so different for other people. So I would love to hear your take on for you specifically, Gina, for such a time as this, what does that mean for you? What is that looking like for you? Mm-hmm. Well, Hello, everyone. I mean, for such a time as 2020, 2021. Um, You know, history does repeat itself. And back in the dark ages, there was a small group of people, leaders, visionaries, inventors that didn't see the world in the in the way that led to all of the dark ages. Mm. And they saw something different, better, that was laced with hope, that was not status quo. It was very, it was a very, very small group. And they were the ones that, you know, just at that time, you know, the before the Renaissance, there was the dark ages and there was the Renaissance, but there had to be a bridge in between. And there were people that helped bridge that gap for people moving into that new um, rebirth. Uh, And that I know in my soul is our, as, as women, as humans, this is our for such a time as this moment. Who are we available to be and what role are we each of us meant to take? Because let's just go with real talk, Kim. If if you've got a pulse, God has a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here for no reason. And so let's not think that someone else is better or more important or smarter. Let's really honor the life that we've been given with confidence. And show up and say, yes, dear God, please use me. And so I think that collectively and globally for such a time as this, it's women like us being a light in the world even more than ever as we come out of this very dark time and into literally a a new ethos. Um, And then I do believe individually, everyone, I don't know a woman that's not reevaluating her life right now, myself included. Um, and so my own personal for such a time is small. I think we were talking about this before, you know, um, for the past 15 years, I've like overtly been a business coach, even though I do my spiritual feminine stuff within that context. And this year I felt led to shut down all of my nuts and bolts business coaching programs. And I was in real resistance to it because it's like, it's, it's my identity. It's the only way I know how to make money. I'm like, really good. Like what? Like, and yet the, it was, it, it was time. It, it, like I could, I felt like like a homecoming queen holding onto her crown. Like I wouldn't like move forward and graduate. And so I think that for me anyways, for such a time as this is, I, I don't know yet. I'm living in the question. I'm living in a world in between worlds. And I'm asking at least at this point with courage and bravery, not holding on to the past, but not yet knowing exactly what's next. 
That's beautiful, Gina. I love your transparency and your vulnerability there of like, look, I'm living in the question. And that's going to set so many people listening to this free of like, that's okay. You don't have to know right at this very moment. And being able to go with the, okay, Lord, this sounds crazy. What the heck are we doing here? But he's preparing you and he's allowing you to build your faith and just grow and really trust in him in these question seasons. And so I love that you shared that because so often I get a lot of women feeling like I should just have it figured out. What's my purpose? What am I doing? Well, how often are you sitting in the silence or sitting with, you know, Heavenly Father and just being like, all right, Lord, like what it what are we doing here? And really seeking after his heart and allowing him to reveal things to you. Cause he's not going to be there with a megaphone. He's not gonna be like the news where they're super loud. He wants you to spend that intimate time with him and you may not get the answers as quick as you want, but they will come. And so I just commend you for, you know, being persistent and obedient in that season, but then also sharing that because ladies, did you hear that? It's okay to sit in the question and be able to be like, all right, Lord, what do you have for me? Because there is that big stirring inside of women and really feeling like, all right, Lord, like what's next? We're diving into a, a new year and like, what's next for me? So I would love to even touch on this unapolog- unapologetically showing how God is, is leading. You mentioned that when you opened up the, that call that you had and you said you had Jewish, Muslims, atheists, all these people, and you just went into it, you prayed, didn't care what anybody else thought. And people are like, really, are you doing this? Because so often we care about what is everybody else going to think rather than what does God want me to do? Talk about that piece right there. Cause a lot of people feel, cause we've been taught, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. Well, obviously you just dove right in and you didn't care what anybody else thought because you knew who you were. So I'd love for you to expand on that. Yeah. Um, You know, it's so funny to me. I have ego about so many things and this is just not one of them. So I think like, I just didn't get tripped up. I think that um, it it really came from a naive place. I didn't know how, so when I was a Christian counselor, I'd always start my sessions in prayer. So I think that when I moved into business coaching, it just seemed like we were starting like a session of sorts. So I would, and when I do my live events, you just do that. And then I pray on my podcast. Um, so, I mean, at this point, I now know that it's triggering for some people and it's attractive to other people. And other people are like, huh, I wasn't really looking for that, but I'm actually really digging it um, regardless of faith. I know that, um, you know, I grew up in a pretty conservative church environment where there was a lot of judgment. And when I was like the card carrying good girl, like, you know, I got wrapped up in it in in a self-righteous way. And then when the judgment turned on me, it got really humbling. So I believe at this point in my faith walk, my essence doesn't come across as like I'm pounding the Bible over anyone's head that I, I share very openly the story of Esther and many others. And I use scripture all the time, but it's just coming from a, a I don't want to say a neutral place because it's coming from a place of passion, but it doesn't come from a place of dogma or judgment. So I, I, I really know that people, regardless of their faith walk, feels very included and supported in the environment. So, um, yeah, I think that 
also, I just can't do my best work unless I've just said a prayer. And then, um, then I've gotten reflections too. There was, I never even realized that I did this, but apparently in my podcast, when I pray, I'll say, amen, amen, amen. And I, and I guess it's just like one of those natural things. And then this woman like at an event in New York raised her hand and she's like, can you say one of those prayers you do on your podcast? And I was like, <laughs> sure. And then she said, when I just said, amen, she goes, amen, amen. And so like, I don't know, I've just realized that the people who are meant to be in my space appreciate and are drawn to whether they have church hurt, whether they come from the church or otherwise um, they find my uh, way of being in the world soothing. So I let myself be me. Mm, so good. It's so funny. I love how God is doing this because every time you end like your thought, that's the next question that I have. And I, it's like, this is so good. That's why I love just going with the flow. So um, speaking of the flow, I don't want to forget this. What's the name of your podcast in case people are like, okay, what is this podcast? Divine Living, Divine Living. And I come out with episodes sometimes once a week, sometimes four times a week. It's super organic. So check it out. Uh, yeah. Divine Living is the podcast. Perfect. I'm like, I will kick myself if I do not ask that going, you know, moving forward. But I love that you said just permission to be you because so many people get wrapped up in this version that they think people want to see rather than who they really are. And mm-hmm. just being that authentic self. And then when people you start showing up as one way, but you're really another way offline or whatever that looks like. And you're like, people don't really know me to get this identity crisis. And it's like this deep, dark hole that a lot of people choose to suffer from. And I say choose is because you have the opportunity of being like, Hey, this is me. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of people like Gina could have had a lot of people be like, you know what? You're not for me after you just got done with that prayer. I'm out. See you later. You know, and that can happen. But when you just, Hey, this is me. And you just put it out there and you let people take it or leave it. Like then you start building a tribe around you that is actually for you rather than thinking that you're one way and you really aren't. And that's the the disconnect a lot of people have is they're like, okay, I got to have the followers. I got to have this. And I got to have this kind of contest look this way. And I'm like, what about your voice? What about what you're saying and how you're taking a stand? And one thing I really love about you, Gina, is you take a really great stand of you use your influence and your leadership for all different types of seasons. Cause there's a lot of influencers and leaders out there that are getting very choosy on what they want to share based on oh, this isn't popular opinion. So I don't want to lose followers, likes or clients rather than being like, Lord, how do you want to use my influence that you'd, that you helped me build because mm-hmm. God's going to bless you with the resources and anointing um, with the, the people in your life when you really press into what he wants for you. And you've definitely done a great job of that. Hence why I'm like, you have to be on our podcast. I don't know if you have any thoughts with that. Yes. Yeah. I think that um, the, the more you, I'm searching for my words here because what I'm about to say is a little bit like talking to like a fish in water. They don't, they don't get it because I didn't get this. You know, everyone says just be yourself and that's like what's going to be the most attractive. And that's so, so much easier said than done, especially for if women and like, this is, was just my earlier stages. Like I was so invisible to myself. So when people were like, just be yourself, I was actually was like, what is that? Like, I mean, I know I care about people or transform. Like I didn't, I I didn't know myself the way I know myself today. And so I think that anyone listening at the beginning, when you're like, well, who am I? And what's my brand? And who's my ideal client? And what's different about me? Um, 
one practical tip I can say is notice what you're spending your time on during the week. So for me, it was like women's empowerment, spirituality, business building. And then on the weekends, I was like all things lifestyle, shopping, cooking, travel magazines. And then I go back to Monday and it was like women's empowerment, business building. And then it was like all the lifestyle stuff. And then I thought, what if I bring it together? And that's really where the brand Divine Living came together was bringing all of my loves and passions. Now, this was a personal growth journey in and of itself too, because at the beginning I was like, I think I was, I I was a little bit like, well, if I'm not going to speak directly to Christians anymore from, you know, from the Christian counseling clinic, like, am I going to, I'm not going to hide my faith. That wasn't an option, but like, am I going to turn people off if I'm quoting scripture and praying that I mean the prayer thing didn't think but the quoting scripture and then I was like am I allowed to talk about fashion and food if I'm supposed to be about like business building women empowerment so for a long time more than my faith I I hid my lifestyle obsessions and and then it was like, what you resist persists. It's like holding that beach ball, trying to hold a beach ball down in the water. It's just, it's going to finally pop up one day. And I write about this in the book that um, these, all these entrepreneurs were talking about leaping out of bed in the morning and like, look at the girlfriend. I love helping another person the same as I'm sure anyone, but you know, when your whole life has been about transformation and personal development, helping people, like I got to admit, I wasn't leaping out of bed over it. Like I was like, happy to do it. Was it meaningful? Yes. But I was like, so I was like, what would actually, what would have to happen to have me leap out of bed in the morning? And I was, it popped right up, Molly. I was like, if I knew I was on a plane to Positano and I was like, Gina DeVee, that is superficial and materialistic and selfish. What do you mean? That's what ha- would have you excited. If you knew you were going to Italy, I was like, no one can know this. That'd be like career suicide. It was like, nope, back to helping people transform their lives. And, and then finally, it was just like, it's not going anywhere. So I went, I booked some flights to Italy and, um, you know, had a budget for shopping money and like got there. And I was like swimming in the Mediterranean Sea, drinking rosé, eating margarita pizzas. Like I was, I was where I was supposed to be. And I was like, do I share this in my newsletter? I was terrified. And I put a couple of pictures and shared a little bit about it. And it was like, it was one of those, like I hit send and then like duck behind the couch. (laughs) And I was just, I was afraid of being like, you're just in this for the money and you're just materialistic and, and all that. And I started, Molly, started getting emails back. The first woman was like, oh my gosh, I love that you're in Italy. That's my dream to go to Italy too. Another woman was like, I want to, I want to visit Positano. The third woman wrote in and said, I don't have any desire to go to Italy, but thanks for showing me. I want to host a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. And the fourth woman wrote, I don't have any desire to travel anywhere. I live in England, but I want new curtains for my kitchen. (laughs) And what happened, so this was like a long time ago. This was like maybe 2009, maybe like a couple of years in starting my business where I'd just been about Queen Esther and women's empowerment and business building. What I realized, God placed this desire in me to go to Italy. 
and to go shopping and to travel and to be in luxurious material abundance because there was an element of my brand that had not yet been embodied. And it was the whole visual aesthetic. I gave myself permission for all the inner work because like as spiritual women and women of that's like, that's what's important. And what God was showing me was that this brand around divine living needed to have a physical aesthetic to it as well. Like, look at people. It's not my issue. God gave me the archetype of queen, not monk. Thank goodness. But like, <laughs> there's no burlap sacks here. It's castles and royal robes. and Like, you know, on the third day after prayer and fasting, Esther put on her royal robes. They didn't say she put on, you know, whatever. So I'm like, this is who I am. So I think that um, if anything has been more controversial or even hidden to me, it's been my love for lifestyle. I remember one time, oh, I was so embarrassed. I had this like do-gooder, amazing team member. And she's like, you know, Gina, you really talk about lifestyle a lot. Cause this was now like five years later. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, what really sets you apart as an entrepreneur? And I was like, well, what do other entrepreneurs talk about? She's like being of service. <laughs> I was like, oh God. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. Like there's so many other entrepreneurs that also want to wear Jimmy Choo's and stay at five-star hotels. And there's plenty that like want to wear Birkenstocks and don't want to have anything to do with that and want to go camping. But she's like, you're giving women like you permission to say, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur and I like fashion and makeup and for whoever that is right for so all of this to say that when you just dis kind of can see the different elements of you that just they're placed inside of you by God. So don't make them wrong. I don't know if you like to dance or make cupcakes or hang out with kids or be in nature, whatever your thing is. Like me, I love a five-star hotel, uh, a martini, the Bible, and a great transformational event. <laughs> it's all that. Oh my gosh. Phenomenal. That was such a great roadmap as far as like what you went through and just trying to dig in and feel like, okay, what can I share? Because we look at what's already being done as the roadmap, but if that doesn't gel with you, then find something that does and share it. And you're going to have people that don't like it, or you're going to have those email, the emails that you mentioned. I loved how different they were because you decided to share something boldly. God's like, okay, great. These women want to share these things too, all the way down to, I just want new curtains, which I thought was like, so great because she wanted to let you know, like, Hey, you, you impacted me. This is how it is. So oh, Gina, that is phenomenal. Cause that is something that really does like just put a damper on women. They're just like, I don't, I don't know what that is. What does that look like? Because maybe you've just been so busy taking care of your family, your kids, everybody else. And now it's time to be like, okay, what speaks true to me? How mm -hmm. can I give my gifting, give my purpose and really be able to be like, this is me. This is all of me. Take it or leave it. And so I, I love that because it's so true. Like who doesn't want to be inspired a little bit about like, wow, she gets to go here. She gets to do that. That is awesome. Like I look at posts like that, even if I'm not never been to Italy, actually, but I'm just like, you know, what? that's amazing. Like, what vacations do I want to go on? What am I going to do to set myself up for that? Like, good for you. Claps for you. I want to cheer you on and figure out, OK, what do I want? Because that's what it gets to, like, dig inside of me. Not a not a oh, man. I don't get to do that. It's OK. What do I want? And where are we going to go? And when are we going to make this happen? So and I exactly, love it. Exactly. And, you know, Molly, do you remember what you said? Like the first thing that we hopped on here, you're like. Hey, good to see you. You know, loved watching your adventures through Italy. Right. You know, and it's like, 
when everyone's sitting there wondering, and I used to wonder like, what's different about me? You don't have to look too far and you don't have to be anyone else other than who you are. Mm. Oh, so good. Oh my gosh. So many great nuggets in here, Gina. This has been absolutely phenomenal. So, so good. So if you have anything else you'd love to share as we're wrapping this up, and then again, let people know what your podcast name is, how they can find you, get in touch with you, because I'm sure women are going to be like, oh my gosh, Gina's phenomenal. I need all the things. Certainly, certainly. Um, So I was just here. What did I want to share? Oh, so the Royal Road is not an ordinary one. And I think that as women, as Christian women, sometimes we can think like things are supposed to go a little more perfect in our lives than they are. And I don't think that most of us actually walk around saying that out loud, but I think it's like then when things don't go the way that we want them to go or the physical evidence isn't seeming like your Instagram is growing fast enough, the signups are coming in quickly enough, the ideas are clear enough. Like, And so I just want to remind everyone, the Royal Road is not an ordinary one. And Esther started out being orphaned and exiled. And her challenges didn't stop there. They they went from finding her relatives, so she got a little reprieve, then she was taken out of her comfort zone. Then she had to hide her identity for a while until she had to expose her identity. Mordecai went to her and said, Esther, God's work will be done with or without you. So we can't back down. And then she shows up and she's like, yes, okay, I, I will go before the king. And if I perish, I perish. And then she had to really do her work of spiritual prayer and fasting. She gathered her maids around her. So she wasn't alone. She wasn't a spiritual lone ranger. And then she had to risk and go before the king and, and God gave her that strategy of he didn't tell her in the first banquet, but the second one. And even then the king said, Persian law says, I cannot overturn what the king's signet ring has, has put into place. So the king's army still went out to go uh, to, to fight the Jews, but the Jews were able to fight back and they did become victorious. And so I just want this incredible true story to be a reminder for us all that there, it's not perfect. There's the amazing things that happen along the way, like her, the almost unlikely candidate becoming queen, her life being used for good, didn't go according to plan, but ultimately ended up victorious. And so I don't know of any more perfect roadmap of the entrepreneurial journey than that. So please don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt your worth. Don't doubt God's invisibility. It's, it's really for all of us to, 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 uh, to, to be on that path and journey. So Mm. that's what I would say there and stay close to people like Molly. I know Molly has so many great offerings coming up. Like every time you are close to this woman, you get that, not just like the dose of inspiration and umph that you need to get going with your day. But this woman is really smart and she really knows her stuff in terms of business, in terms of growing businesses. So stay close to this woman. That's for sure. Um, And then it's true. It's true. And then lastly, um, if you want uh, more of this goodness, you can follow me at Gina to be on Instagram. You can follow my podcast, divine living. 
And you can get my book at divineliving.com forward slash book um, and all the other divine living things are there. I do have this thing called this the Q Club, which is for all things Queen and Queen Esther and all that good stuff. Um, and if you go to divineliving.com forward slash app, you can get a free two week trial and check it out uh, to get in the Q Club. Love it. Gina, you're absolutely amazing. I love it. So wonderful. We're so happy that you came on here and ladies, definitely go take her up on those offers. Go check her out. She's absolutely amazing. From personal experience, she always brings light into my life whenever I get a land on one of her posts, her stories. And then we're just so grateful, Gina, to have you here today. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My honor. Such a pleasure, Molly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. I love listening to inspirational stories just like that one. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Gina. Ladies, if you have not already done so, have you gone to activatewomen.live? We have an absolutely life-changing event coming up here in April and tickets are still available. Head over to activatewomen.live and grab your ticket now. Two and a half days in Dallas, Texas with hundreds of other women that are just like you. They're out there pursuing their dreams, listening to their calling, following what God is directing them to, and doing it with ambition, and they love Jesus. That's the best part. We're going to get to worship together, enjoy a couple of days of learning and stretching and growing together, and finish the whole thing off with our red carpet gala. I mean, who doesn't want to celebrate and get dressed up? I know I do. Head over there, activatewomen.live, grab your ticket. We still have vendor spaces available as well. And you can get all of that information on that website, activatewomen.live. We cannot wait to see you.